Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Highmark Church Podcast. Our heartbeat is to help people find and follow Jesus. So we pray this message encourages you, strengthens you, and helps you pursue the purpose Jesus has for you. There's times in our life where we just need some breakthrough. There's something in, our, in, in front of us holding us back. And I don't know if you've ever been in this place, but I felt the, the pain of needing a breakthrough. And uh, I'm, it's been some, sometimes in an awkward way. Sometimes I remember even as a teenager that there was a lot of times I really literally felt the pain of needing a breakthrough. I was at a friend's house one time. We were hanging out on, out on their back um, deck in their porch and uh, just having a good time. And man, my friend, they must have cleaned their sliding glass door so well because I was distracted and we were having a good time. And as I went to go back into the house, I don't know if you've ever done this uh, you don't have to admit it here today. I'll just be the one that admitted it. I'm, I'm strong enough that I can stand alone in it. But I was distracted and talking, and we were having a good time. And I went to turn and walk in the house and wasn't really paying attention. And I just thought that the door was already open, the sliding glass door. And boom, I ran right into that thing and left a big uh, mark on my face for a couple days uh, as I just ran right into that glass. And uh, man, it was a it was an exciting, awkward moment as a teenager. Let me tell you, I didn't feel um, I didn't feel like I uh, was going to have any friends after that. But listen, I think sometimes life is like that. We we uh, we run into things. We have a vision of where we want to go, but maybe we get distracted. Uh, maybe there's an unplanned barrier in front of us. Uh, We have a vision for that, but something happens that we just run into. And uh, I think if you've ever been there and you've walked into a glass door, you know that that will stop you dead in your tracks. That'll leave a mark. That'll leave a little bruise. That'll make you question your judgment as a person. (laughs) But, you know, God calls us to say, listen, we're uh, we're on a pursuit of what he wants to do. And God has promises out in front of each and every one of our lives. He has promises. And you may never have thought about it like this, but I want to tell you today that God has a promise specifically for your life. You may not be fully aware of it. You may not understand it. You may not even kind of have it defined, but God has a promise. You see, he gives a promise to all of us as mankind. And, and he, has a, he has promises that he's just given to, to the world at large and made available. But I want to, I want to speak today that you have a specific promise and that God has a specific calling and giftings and things that he's placed inside of you that you should be pursuing, that the promises that you can grab hold of and say, yes, that is for me. That is where God is leading me. And I think we get excited about those things. We get excited about the promises of God. Man, we get hopeful. We get like pumped up about it. We get like, God, this is so awesome. I want that. I got a vision for what what I see. But we get we're less enthusiastic or we get uh, frustrated sometimes about the process that goes along with the promise. You see, there's sometimes obstacles and slowdowns and barriers and and things that setbacks that happen in our life. And those things we're not going to be excited about. That's, I think a lot of times we're going through life and we're just so focused on getting to the destination. Now, if you've ever had kids and maybe you've been a kid, you probably were at one time, And uh, you've been riding in the car, but there's that age-old question that kids ask, especially on like a longer road trip, and they'll say, are we there yet? I think a lot of times, as Christians, we walk through our life and we're just pursuing that promise. We're thinking, God, are we there yet? God, am I there yet? But I think we're asking the wrong questions. We should be saying, God, what's next? What's the thing that you have for me? 
uh, God, where are you leading me? And those are the questions that we should be asking because it's not about the destination. You see, Jesus would rather you pursue a destiny than a destination. He would rather you pursue the destiny that he has out in front of you. And here's why I say it that way. It's because a, a destiny is a starting line. It's a place that you're stepping into and then you're operating in it and you're living in it and you're going for it and God's continuing to work and, and grow you and, and develop you. But if sometimes we look at God's promises at a destination, those are, that's a finish line. That's a place that we're stopping. We're saying, okay, we've arrived. And that's not the, the perspective that we see that God has for us. That's not what he's just driving for us that in this life that we're going to live pursuing this destination. So the reality is if we ever get to a place where we say, you know what, I feel like I've arrived. I feel like I've experienced all that God has. You might be later in life. You might be a little bit older. And you might be saying, you know what, I've been around the block a little bit. I already know I'm at the destination that God has for me. I'm, I'm content and I'm happy. Well, let me tell you, you're missing out on the destiny that God has for you. Because in every season, in every place of your life, God has a purpose and a plan for you. He has a promise that he wants you to live out. And so don't get caught up with pursuing or, or trying to get to a destination, but be satisfied at pursuing the destiny that God has put inside of you. And I, I think that's a reminder that I needed. And today, uh, as I, I was joking, uh, even with some of our, our team and our leaders before service, that, man, I haven't preached in a couple weeks. So I got 180 slides today. I'm ready to go. It's going to be about an hour and 80 minutes. So um, just get ready. That's actually two hours and 20 minutes. So um, but, you know, I like to mix it up a little bit. So, uh, but listen, I, I think that's a destiny that we need to pursue. And, and I, I, I preached it a couple weeks, but, I, man, I feel like today this message is something that I've just been walking through, something that I've been feeling. And I, I say this, I preach, I'm preaching this stuff to me myself every single week. But this one today I feel like God has been just teaching me even this week, just coming back to and hammering it away in my heart. You see, because if we're honest, we don't, we like to say, God, I want to pursue the promise that you have for me. God, I want that. But you know what? We're looking for the easiest route possible. We're looking for the path of least resistance. We're looking for the place that, well, God, can't we just go around that, that hardship? Can't we go through around that, go past that set, setback? God, can't we just fast forward through this season? I think we all are, would admit, and if we're honest, that that's a natural response. We're looking for the easiest path forward. But the, the reality is that we're going to face those things. We're going to face difficult seasons. We're going to face times of waiting. We're going to face battles. We're going to face setbacks. And we're going to go through all those things, and, and we're going to want to get just around it. God, I wish that you would just take me past this. Let me just get to the destination. We're we're, let me just arrive there so, so uh, I can stand in that promise. I think that's just natural of us. But I think that the, when we experience those setbacks and we experience those difficulties and those trials and those seasons of growth, there are things that make us better. There are things that God's teaching us. You see, if everything was easy and good, I know that our hearts would turn away from God. If everything was easy and simple, I know that we would depend on our own power and not the power of God. You see, when we go through setbacks and difficult seasons, it gives us a chance to put our trust and our faith in God. It gives us a chance to see him do the miracle. 
And if we're going through our life just saying, I'm looking for the easiest path, if we're just going saying, I want the simplest things and I want to I make it uh, through life and I want to get to the promise without going through the, the hardships and the setbacks and the challenges and the battles, then we're missing out on some of the best things and the most miraculous things that God can do in our life. Man, and I feel like in that journey, though, sometimes I feel like I'm just walking in a circle. I feel like I'm dealing with the same things over and over. I feel like the same enemies creep up and the, the, the enemy is speaking certain things over and over in my head, in my heart, and I, I have to just, I'm challenged. I feel like I'm walking in a circle sometimes. Didn't I just deal with this, God? Maybe you struggle with the same things. Maybe it's the same challenges that you're facing over and over. Maybe it's the same sin that traps you and kind of comes back around and the, the wrong thinking just, uh, again, grips you. And you're like, I, I'm trying to move forward. I'm trying to pursue that destiny, but I just keep feel like I'm walking in circles. I want to remind you today that it's in the circle that God does the miracle. Right. See, we're going to look at Joshua chapter 6. And when we see God do a miracle in Joshua chapter 6... It's because he had the Israelites literally walk in circles for seven days. And they walked around a city called Jericho. And, uh, and they walked in that city, and they kept walking in circles for seven days at God's instruction. And it's in the circle that God does a miracle. So let me tell you today, you might feel like that. You might be like, yes, Don, that's me. I'm walking in circles. I'm dealing with the same thing over and over. I'm walking through the same pattern. I'm, I'm experiencing those same types of things. I, I feel like I'm not going anywhere. I feel like I'm just spinning my wheels, so to speak. But let me tell you, it's in those places that you're going to see God do miracles in your life. In Joshua chapter 6, verses 15 and 16, this is what happens. This is kind of the outcome that happens when God does a miracle in the circle, and it says, On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and they marched around the town as they had done before, Jericho. And but this time they weren't around, they went around seven times. And the seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the town. If we go a couple verses forward in verse 20, and then it says this. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, they shouted as loud as they could, and suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the town, and they captured it. Whoa. Now, you may be saying, well, why, why are the Israelites, uh, why are they taking Jericho? Why is Jericho so important? Let me give you a little context and a little background of what's happening in this scripture right here. You see, Jericho is a city that uh, the Israelites come face to face with as God is leading them to the promised land. God has said, listen, I am, he told the Israelites and they've given them a promise and he's leading them into this land that he said, I've set it aside for you and I blessed it and you're going to flourish there, you're going to multiply. And he sp spoke all of those things over the Israelite nation. God had promised them and they, they had kind of come in from where they were and they've crossed over the Jordan River now and God even did a miracle as they crossed the Jordan, that they walked on dry land in the, the Ark of the Covenant. And so, but you might think, and well, why did they, why is Jericho so important? Why did they need to conquer it? You see, God brought them right up to, to Jericho and he said, you gotta go through it. You gotta, you gotta face it. Now, Jericho was a city, it was strategic. There were big walls in front of Jericho. Actually, there was a six foot wall, a 50 foot wall, and it was, it was just a bustling metropolis. And Jericho was so important. 
It guarded the entrance to the mountain passes to where the Israelites needed to go in order to step into the promise they had. So here the Israelites come and they're like, okay, we've seen God do a miracle, but boom, they hit a barrier. Boom, Jericho is right there. And they had to go through Jericho. Jericho needed to be conquered because it was pivotal, pivotal for the promise that God had for them. Now God tells Joshua to, and to have the men, and he gives instructions, and God tells Joshua to have the, the men and the warriors to lay down their weapons and suddenly just start marching for seven days around the city. Instead of just trying to conquer it and overtake it by brute force, God gives them some instruction. Instruction, he said, for seven days, walk around the city. And so they did it. And that is such a great reminder. Why didn't they go around it? I think sometimes we need a reminder that we can't go through or we can't go around everything in our life. We need a reminder that God takes us through something so he can do something. He takes us through the challenge. He takes us through the Jerichos so that we can see him do something in our life. Let me tell you, I would much rather live a life where I walk through some things and I see the faithfulness and the power and the strength of God in my life rather than me just saying, you know what, I'm going to do this on my own power. I'm going to find my own path and I'm going to just do this and I'm going to take the easy route. But I would rather, much rather face the difficult things in order to have a testimony for the things that God has done in my life, the way that he's worked, the things that he's done. You see, God had to take the Israelites through something so he could do something, and the same is true for your life. Man, growing up, I used to fight my mom when it came to eating vegetables. Now, I wish I could say it was when I was five or six, but it probably was when I was 10 or 12 still. I was just like, my mom cooked the worst vegetables, okay? She cooked lima beans. She cooked... Uh, she cooked uh, broccoli, like all of the worst ones, asparagus, like some of you, some of you weird people in the room, you're like, but I like asparagus, like, okay, so like I, I as an adult will eat asparagus, but I do not enjoy it, okay, it, the texture is weird, the same things with lima beans, I did not enjoy it, and actually it was a battle, it was a battle growing up, and it was a standoff usually at our table. You see, it was nothing for me to sit at the table for hours after our family was done eating dinner because I had not eaten my vegetables. I got creative even at some points, and I realized that my mom would be cleaning up, and she wasn't paying attention, and I realized, well, there's a reason I'm wearing these giant tube socks, and so I could stuff those vegetables into my sock, and I could limp into the bathroom and then flush them down the toilet. Listen, it was at that dinner table that I learned how to negotiate. It's at that dinner table that I learned that I hated certain vegetables. And I, I now realize that those vegetables had nutrients in them. They were good for me. They were healthy. They were, they, they were the reason that uh, your body grows and develops in a healthy way. But I didn't see that at the time. I, don't, I didn't see it. I didn't enjoy it at the time. I think the same is true of the things we go through, right? We don't enjoy it. We don't necessarily like it but we do it before it's good, with, good for us. And I, I think even as an adult now, like, I still won't eat lima beans, no way. Like, God did not, like, those are from the devil, I'm pretty sure. You know, but, like, I, my wife likes asparagus, so I'll eat asparagus every so often when she cooks it, you know. But I try, to, I try to sway her other directions, like, can I just get some corn or something? Like, you know, let's go with, like, something a little easier. 
But listen, they were good for me. There's nutrients in there. And the things that you go through, let me tell you, they're going to be good for you. The things that God takes you through, they're going to make you better. The things that God puts in front of you that are barriers and are holding you back, they're seemingly holding you back. But you know what? They're going to heal you. They're going to make you stronger. They're going to grow you. And you're going to see God at work in your life. Now, the walls of Jericho, they probably looked huge. I can imagine that as they crossed over the Jordan River and they come to, uh, they come to Jericho. And if we study history, biblical history, and we study the history of the land at that time, Jericho had a six-foot wall. And then there was an embankment or a hillside where there would have been buildings on. And then there was a 50-foot wall in front of that. And I can imagine that as they came up to that and they see that Jericho is on this hillside and there's huge walls built and uh, how are they going to overtake it? The Israelites are literally in a valley. They're in a low position. And we see that this story starts in Joshua chapter 6 by the, by, and we see that it says this in verse 1. It says, now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go in or go out. You see, the kings and the people of Jericho were scared because they'd already heard about the miracles God was doing. They had heard about uh, the Israelites, this, this people that were just crossing over that God had blessed and he had done a miracle and they're traveling with the Ark of the Covenant and the presence of God literally in their midst at that point. And the word was spreading of what there was going on. And you see, in Joshua 6.1, we see that they, they were shutting up. They were the doors. They were shutting the gates. Everything was tight and closed. Why? Because they were afraid. They were, they were wanting to, to protect it, be secure. And I imagine the Israelites came up to that, and they think, man, how are we going to get in here? How are we going to uh, conquer this city? How is this even possible? And I'm reminded that even in the valleys, that God wants us to proclaim the victory. God wants you to proclaim the victory even in the valleys. Every season of your life, that even if you're facing the biggest obstacle, the biggest hurdle, God wants you to proclaim that victory. That's when we put our trust in him. And I think it's cool that the Israelites, God told the Israelites, listen, I want you to walk around the city. I, I want you to seven days walk and bring your, bring your, uh, your drums and your horns. And, and you can see those are things that were like battle cries. And I can imagine what was happening in those seven, those seven days or those six days even leading up to the seventh day when God did the miracle. Because I imagine people inside the city are going, there's those horns again. Or there's that, they're marching around. What is going on? Those, that's so weird. Like, what is happening there? And I imagine that even on the outside of the walls, there was probably some, some wandering of faith. That there were some Israelites that are walking around that circle going, man, like, I don't know. Joshua, what is he doing? What is he thinking? Why is he... Like, lead it. why is he having us walk around and we're just, why aren't we fighting? Like, let's start, how, are we, how is this going to be happening? I bet there was some doubting and some naysayers. And let me, let me tell you that the enemy wants, and the devil wants you to be frustrated in the circle that you're walking in. He wants you to just give up. He wants you to look at it and think, hey, uh, throw in the towel. It's too big. It's too tall. The, the wall's too difficult. You can't, you can't go through this. You're not strong enough. But you know what? Jesus is. Jesus has already won the victory so that we can proclaim that victory. 
So when we are in a valley and we're in a low spot in our life, when we're in a season where, God, I don't know what you're doing, we simply can say, you know what, I'm going to speak and I'm going to proclaim the victory that has already won for me. You know why? Because it's not on your own. It's not you boasting about yourself. It's you boasting and bragging about the power of a God we serve. It's about you boasting and bragging about a Jesus who brings us to the victory. And Jesus has already won that. So God knows right where you're at. He knows before you got there. He knew what mountain you'd face. He knew what wall would be in front of you. And he said, listen, keep the faith. Trust me. Keep, keep God at the center of your life. And let his voice be the loudest voice inside of you. And I think that's the hardest part sometimes, right? Because we have a lot of other voices. Not that we're like mentally ill or anything or that we're struggling with that, but like we have voices that we're listening to. We're voices that are, are speaking to us, that we're, we're uh, struggling with just the challenges of like, I can't do this. It's often our own voice. It's the enemy speaking to us and saying, that's impossible. I can't go through that. But listen, we have to let the voice of God and the promise and the, and the pursuit and what he, where he's leading us and that victory that he's leading us to be the loudest voice that we're listening to. And I'm sure there's going to be doubt. And I'm sure in Israelites' camp there was doubt, there was distraction, there was worry. It was all probably creeping in. I can imagine even probably on day five and six as they're like, okay, let's do it again. Like, I'm not sure if this is really going to work. But we see that Joshua prayed and the Lord answered his prayer. And I think that is the key here, is that Joshua prayed because the walls are tightly shut. They're, they're no way in or out of the city that the city is fortified. Jericho is fortified. It's so important. The kings, they're scared. They're all ready. They're on the defensive ready. And then we see in Joshua chapter 2 verses, uh, Joshua chapter 6 verses 2 to 5, excuse me. It says, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its kings and all the strong warriors, uh, you and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Uh, seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. So God's giving them the instruction. Hey, the city is, is tight. It's shut down. And God is speaking then the instruction right here to Joshua. And he's saying, listen, walk around. He's giving the instruction. And then he says, on the seventh day, you, uh, you are to march around the town seven times with the priest blowing the horns. And when you hear the priest give one long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can. And then it says, then the walls will come down, of the town will collapse, and the people can charge straight into the town. You see, God gave them the plan in this season. You see, the miracle that we read about in, in verses 15 and 20, that miracle was preceded because Jesus prayed. Or because Joshua prayed, excuse me. And you see the most sig significant phrase, I think, in this passage and in this miracle is that right there in, the, in verse 2, it says that, but the Lord said to Joshua. Yeah. You see, there was an impossible situation, but then it says, but the Lord said to Joshua. You know why? Because Joshua was praying. 
Joshua was talking to God about what they were facing, how big those walls were, how secure the city was, how they were ready and they were prepared to, to defend the city and, and battle. But, but God, how is this going to happen? And, and how are they going to get through? And how are they going to make it to the promised land? And I, I'm sure that Joshua was pleading for guidance. He's pleading for God to give him direction and give him help in that season. And, and, and then God spoke to him and he gave him the plan. You see, as we pray, God continues to reveal the plan around his promises. I need that reminder over and over in my life. We can't overcome it on ourselves. We don't have the best logic and thinking, but instead we need God to give us the plan. And his plan is oftentimes different than the plan that we would ever, we would ever live out, right? Like, what... What would have been the natural thing for the Israelites to do? Let's take up our arms. Let's battle. Let's fight. Let's go for it. But instead, God's plan goes against the human logic. And he says, listen, walk around the city. Pray. Be in my presence. And then give a shout of victory. And the walls will come down. Why? Because sometimes you just need to know that God's in charge, that he can do it, and he does the miracle. So the miracle happens in the circle. I've seen that over and over in my life. I know there's been times years ago I, when I was just out of college, I remember a time that I was in a life group with a bunch of guys, and one night in particular, our life group was wrapping up, and we just ended it with a time of prayer. And man, being in a life group is such a powerful thing. It's a, such an encouraging thing. It's what our church is built on is our life teams and our life groups because that's the community that we're building. That's where God speaks to us and encourages us along the way. And I remember being in a life group where uh, we just closed the life group and had a moment where we could just uh, pray together. And God was like, for some reason that night, just speaking to me. I was hearing things from God like I'd, like I'd never, not audibly, but he was just downloading things to my heart. And I remember that in that moment that, He's downloading those things that even as he's speaking these things to me, I, I begin to question them a little bit. And as we ended that time of prayer, one of the guys in our, our group kind of pulls me aside at the end, and he says, Don, can I just talk to you for a minute? And he says, as we were praying, I felt like God was wanting me to tell you these things. And suddenly that Guy, being obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, spoke the things that God was just downloading to me. And you know what? They were promises about my ministry and about my leadership. They were promises about what my future held and my family. They were things that God downloaded in that moment that he cared enough to even give the confirmation word to someone else to speak those things and encourage me with those. And I remember that in that prayer moment, in that time that right there we got to connect with, with one another and with God that God pointed me to those promises. But you know what? That was 15 years ago. And the things that God downloaded in my heart that day about my family and about my kids and about ministry and about leadership and about his plan for my life, they didn't happen the next week. They didn't happen the next year, the next month. They didn't happen the next five years. You know what? It was actually 10 years later that I started to see some of those things that God promised start to happen in my life. And it was after 10 years of praying and being encouraged and, and going in the circle sometimes that I just started to see the things that God's promised, that the destiny that he's called me to, I started to see those things happen. 
And you know what? There's a lot of times that I needed to lean into God's presence. I needed to pray through that. And I think that's the key here is that we have to pray through for breakthrough. So you see, we can't do it on our own strength. But you know what? We need to have the persistence. We need to sustain. We need to focus in on what God is leading us to and what he's leading us in. So our job is to just pray and, and, and put it in God's hands over and over and over again. See, that's the promise that he has for us. That's what he gives for us. And he says, listen, I, I, want it. I have those, those promises. I have those things for you. But listen, press in and pray. I'm thankful that we have a God that cares enough about us that he wants a personal relationship with each and every one of us. That he's not just this high God, this God up and uh, sitting back and saying, okay, look at everything go. But you know what? He has, he has a personal relationship that he wants for each and every one of us. He wants to speak things. Just like 15 years ago, I heard he, him speaking things over my ministry and over my life. He wants to speak those same things into your life. They're unique to you, but he wants to speak those things. And you have to be listening and praying and seeking God for what those things are. He doesn't call us just to wander around, but listen, maybe those are things in your life that you say, I need to define what that is. I need to listen. I need to circle that. I need to, I need to identify what that dream is. And so I can be praying the circles around that in my life. We got to keep praying for breakthrough. So how do we do that? Let me give you just a couple practical things. A couple practical things we can do to break through. Uh, these are some keys that I found that in our life, like if we just, as we're praying and we're praying for breakthrough in our life, that uh, we, God works in our midst as we uh, uh, just lean into him. Number one, circle the promise in the dream that he has for you. Here's what I mean by that. Identify it. Identify what the things that God has for you. You say, man, that's hard, Don. I don't know how that would even do that. Let me tell you, just start praying about it. Start asking God, what are the things that you have for me? That might be a question you've never even asked God. You never even thought. You may just say, hey, God wants good things for me. He wants to do this for me, and he wants to do that for me. And you might have those things that uh, in your heart you just, you just said, oh, well, those are general things. But what are the specific things that God is calling you? What is the destiny that he's calling you to that you need to pursue? What's the promise that you need to go after? Identify it and circle it up in prayer. Start praying about it. Write it down. One of the things that I've always been challenged to do, uh, even as a, as a young person and as I was growing up and serving God, is I've just been challenged to write down the things that God, not only the things that God has done, but the things that God is speaking to me about where he wants me to go. Why? Because it's suddenly you put it down on paper, and then when you, you can come back to that, that's something you can pray about. You can, you can journal about it. You can write about it. And then you can write about the, the difficulties you face going through it. You can write those things down. And then at some point when you break through, you're going to be able to look back on what you wrote down and see, like, look at what God was doing back there. And now I'm standing in the midst of that blessing. So you got to identify it. Circle the promise and dream that God has for you. He has for your family. Circle those things. Start praying about it. Number two, invite friends to pray with you. You need some warriors to come with you, right? You see, what happened at Jericho was they, it wasn't one guy. It wasn't just Joshua. Hey, Joshua, walk up to the wall, raise your hands, and they're going to fall down. No, everyone was involved. They walked around the city. 
I'm sure as they walked, some of them prayed and they were believing, God, like, help us get through this. God, make a way. It doesn't seem to be possible. But they had people along shoulder to shoulder with them on the journey. And sometimes you have to invite people into your life to pray with you about what you're going through. You got to invite people to pray with you and believe with you and bring encouragement to you so that you can break through to the thing that God has for you. And listen, there's strength in that. Those were warriors that the Israelite warriors were walking around. They're ready to do battle. It just looks differently sometimes when you're doing battle in the kingdom of God. Number three is just be persistent and patient. We have to commit to it. We have to be praying fervently. Our hearts have to be passionate about what God is doing and what he wants to do in our life. And we have to be persistent. We have to lean in. God, we have to, we have to, we have to grab the throne of God sometimes. We have to just grab into the presence of God and say, God, I am fighting through this right now. I'm being persistent at what you, I, I'm going after it. God, I don't see the answer. I don't see the breakthrough, but God, I'm being persistent. And I'm being faithful in it. And just be patient. God is at work in your life. And even in the hard things that he's taking you through, let me tell you, he's doing something right now. He's maybe healing a hurt in your heart. He's maybe healing something. He's growing you in a way that you never even thought about that you needed to grow in. And that's where God does the work, but you got to commit to it. Praying for the breakthrough. Praying that. Thanks for tuning in today. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at Highmark. Go online to highmark.church to get all the details and plan your visit. Remember, God has a high calling for your life, so keep pursuing your purpose.